welcome to the Talk with Tori podcast. I'm your host, Tori Jones, and I'm so glad that you're here. It's time to have some fun. On each episode, I will chat with a friend and we will share random life topics, tips and tricks, fun stories, and more serious stories filled with some real talk to make you laugh, maybe cry, make you think, but most of all, bring a smile to your face. We all have a story to share, so I hope you enjoyed this one. So grab your favorite Starbucks, a glass of wine, water, I don't care, you do you girl, because it's time to peel back the layers and add a little spice to it. Welcome, sis, to Talk with Tori. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, y'all, this is my girlfriend, Susie. Um, She's the best, one of my main gals. Um, And I've always wanted her on Talk with Tori. And we had a conversation on a recent bachelorette trip, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what you need to talk about. So we'll get to that in a second. But y'all, um, Susie is so funny. She's like my little twin. We both love the same type of blonde hair, pink. What else do we love? Disney? Pretty much everything. We both have younger brothers. So we're both princesses. I mean, all the same things. Um, all the glitter, all the girly, and of course, we're all in a boy world because I'm having a boy. She has all brothers, all of that kind of stuff. So it's fun. But um, y'all, let me, before Susie introduces herself, let me tell you how I met Susie. I met Susie one week after my wedding, which is so funny because now it's like so funny because we talk about my wedding. I'm like, I hate that you weren't there. Um, I know it's like stinks. But so I went on a mini moon because we didn't go to Italy till a few months later. And our friend Maddie introduced us at a lunch, a chicken salad chick. And she was like, hey, da, da, da. And um, Maddie was like, yeah, I just saw Tori at our wedding. And like, I think Susie was probably thinking it was like six months ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, like a couple of days ago, like as in last weekend. <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I was thinking you had been married for, you know, weeks, months, years. And you're like, oh, this time last week. I <laughs> Is that not wild when you think about that? It's like just so crazy how all that happens and how we became fast friends right right after the craziest time of my life. But y'all, I'm so, so happy for sweet Suze. I call her Suze, but her name's Susie. Actually, so start by introducing yourself and tell them about your name first, because you know I love a good name story. Yes. Okay, so um, so nice to talk to you today, Tori. So I'm Susie Bridges, and um, my formal name is Susan. And so my grandmother, my mom, and I all actually have the same formal first name and middle name, which is Susan Josephine. And my grandmother goes by Susan. My mom goes by Jody, and I go by Susie. So I jokingly tell people I'm, you know, the third. Oh, the third. Um, I know you never hear of it with girls, but I don't know why more people don't do that. I know. I think it's cute. So um, I want to name my daughter some variation of that, but I'm not sure yet. So any suggestions I would love to have. Um, you know, I love Susie, Joe, or Jesse. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so, yeah. So, I um, went to Auburn. Um, wish Tori and I had been there at the same time together. But I loved my time um, at Auburn. I'm originally from Alabama. So, born and raised. 
And, you know, you have to pick a side when you're from Alabama. So my family's mostly on the Auburn side, but loved Auburn, um, majored in public relations. Um, I was a Kappa, really enjoyed my time, met so many great friends. And then after college, I moved to Orlando, Florida to work for Disney for a few years, which was so fun. And um, I really enjoyed living in Orlando and meeting people from all over the country and all over the world. It's a great time. And so, yes, it was so fun. And um, one of the best parts was people always wanted to come visit you. You were yes. popular, if you can imagine. So um, kind of you felt like you were on a vacation all the time, um, which was fun for your social life, but not so fun for your uh, bank account at times. I know. I know. Because, well, you know, we're both the same freaks, but like the parks and the Disney vibe just doesn't get old. Like, to me, like, none of the rides get old. None of the characters get old. Like, nothing. Well, do you have a fun fact or funny story or memory you want to share with everyone? Yeah. So, my fun fact is that in 2019, my mom and I went to an event called the Pink Retreat. Yes. I know, Tori. You and your mom would have been perfect for it. Um, We're going to go again. We're going to go together soon. So I know. We got to up our lily game before then, (laughs) man. Like, we got to start getting all the accessories. Okay, so we, the Pink Retreat was founded by um, this woman named Tasha, and pretty much she had met tons of women similar to her, similar to her online on Instagram or Facebook, and she wanted to set up an event to get everyone together. Because I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of Instagram friends, um, people who I've made have yeah. never met in real life, um, but just bonded over the same things. Whether you both follow the same hashtag or you both posted the same content. Um, and so I had, you know, quote unquote, a lot of Instagram friends that, you know, I really wanted to meet, but they lived all over the country. And so this pink retreat event was eventually sponsored by Lily Pulitzer. And so it was a week long retreat, um, where women could come to Palm beach, Florida and have, you know, these little outdoor gatherings. They had a painting event. They had um, a few other little brunches and walks that you could do. And it was really neat because you could either opt to do everything with the group or you could just do it with with whoever you came with to the party or you could, you know, make your own little group. So my mom and I love Palm Beach. Um, it was just so fun to um for us to be together and then also meet all these people who we felt like we knew that we met online. Um, and so it was just, it was so fun. Lots of eating and shopping. Um, my mom's a big thrifter. So she found a few really good antique pieces. Um, Cause I'm sure you can imagine Palm Beach is a very good place to thrift. Um, uh, yeah, the- I love it. Yes. So um, love the pink retreat. It kind of, it looked like a Lily Pulitzer heaven. Everyone. So did you pack anything that wasn't Lily? Um, Maybe like, I mean, probably no. I mean, it was like, y'all, it is so cute. Like, like my dream, all the bright colors, all the cute girls like that are just so proud to be in the, the pinks and the greens and the blues. It was so cute. Um, it just, it just looked beautiful and uh, yes, it, it didn't even look real because everyone was wearing all these bright, bright colors. So that was our fun mother daughter trip. So we, we had the, we had the best time. So hopefully we'll get to go again soon. Yeah. Well, I love that area. I mean, we go to West Palm beach to the breakers when my dad has a meeting there and it's just so nice. Oh my gosh. Everyone needs to go to that area, but y'all the pink retreat, 
every time I'm with Susie, like people always want to know about it. They're like, okay, tell us about this like pink thing you went on. Like, it's so, so cute. Um, it's a little crazy, but um, I love it. No, because I feel like Tori, you and I are so similar, but I feel like most of the times some of your friends, you know, you all have similar yeah. vibes or, you know, specialties, whatever hobbies, but you're rarely kind of I know. parts of each other, you know? And so it was just fun to be with other people who are almost just like you. I know. And you're like, oh, you actually like bright colors. You don't just wear like gray and black, even though right now I'm wearing cheetah print, some of the darker colors, but that's still fun, I guess. That's still so fun. So yeah, that was my fun fact. Okay. I love it. Well, I bet you're going to recruit some people to go to the pink retreat now because how fun it is. Okay. So you talked a little bit about Disney, Suze, and talked a little bit about working there. But what the people don't know is how many different things you did at Disney and how many things you were able to do. So will you briefly just tell us about your journey with Disney, how it got started, maybe where your love for Disney came from, and then all the places that you worked while you were there and kind of some of the cool things you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. So my, I was lucky in that my family took us to Disney while um, growing up. Actually, really, I didn't go for the didn't go to Disney World for the first time until um, I think I was around middle school. So to some true Disney fans, that is old. I know <laughs> like on month three, you know, as soon Girl, as... Girl, I went when I was zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did. I did. Do I remember it? No, but I was there. You were there. You were there. So yeah, to some, to some fans, you may be thinking that is so old, but um, it, was, it was just such a great time with our family and, you know, living in Huntsville, Alabama, we were able to drive so we could go a bit more often. Um, so just loved it. And I always loved the movies growing up and the princesses, you know, for when I was little, my mom said I wore a, a little Cinderella dress, you know, to Walmart. To so who's your favorite Walmart. princess? Okay. So my favorite I guess original classic princess is Ariel, but my favorite modern princess is Rapunzel from Tangled. Love it. Yes. So just loved, loved Disney. And I remember, I don't know, I was one of those people who really didn't know what they wanted to be when they grew up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I hadn't thought about it that much, you know, and nothing really kind of stood out to me. And, um, so when I got to college, when I started majoring in public relations, I was trying to think of, you know, what corporate companies would you want to work for? And, and I always imagined, you know, working in, working in a corporate setting, being so boring, blah, you know, mm-hmm. you, which some of them are, but um, I never really thought about working for Disney because I don't know how it was when you went, but for when I went growing up, I never, it never really crossed my mind that those people that worked there actually lived there. And, you know, that was, you yeah. kind of, I feel like when you're at Disney, you forget about the rest of the world and you just are in that little Disney bubble, but you forget that those people selling you popcorn or getting your ticket, like that's their job and they show yeah. up there every day. You know? So it just feels like you're in fantasy land. Yeah. And I felt like that, like coming when people ask like, for undergrad, like why I didn't come to Auburn. I was like, y'all, I came for away football games. It just wasn't like, I was like, oh, wow, this would be great for college. Like you just don't think about life like that. Mm -hmm. And so I never thought, you know, when I'm, when my family's not visiting, these people are still, this, this, this place is still operating, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year. So, um, I started looking more into that and I, um, learned about something called the Disney College Program, which is an 
internship that college students can do um, at Disney World in Orlando and at Disneyland in California. And, um, you know, this is pre-pandemic. A few a few things with this program have changed since then. Um, so don't quote me on everything. But at the time, you had to be enrolled in college or a recent graduate to participate. And um, you are selected for a role that actually works in the theme park or in one of the resorts on property, which, you know, it sounds it sounded amazing to me to get to work at Disney, um, meet people from all over the country and live there. So my internship was my junior year, um, fall semester, and um, you go through a rigorous interview process and you are you're chosen or, or they provide you. It's a hard. I mean, it's a big deal that you got that. Yeah. And this was this was in 2012 before. I mean, Instagram had just launched Facebook, you know, was popular, but you really didn't know about it back then. Whereas I feel like now you kind of see it all the time with social media. But back then I only knew one person that had done it before. Um, And so just, it was a whole new world to me, no pun intended. But so the Disney college program for me was a six month internship in Orlando. And it's pretty much going to like a little mini college because you live you live with the other participants. You live on property. Um, they provide bus. They have housing. They have little events. And so it's really a mini college. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So my first role was working as an attraction attractions hostess at the Great Movie Ride at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Okay. What did you do when it closed? I know. So some people um, truly mourned it. I was a little sad, but, um, you know. I love the new one, though. The new yeah, ride's really I, I good. I still haven't done it. It's good. I still haven't done it. So, see, I worked at the Great Movie Ride, which, for those who don't know, it's a 22-minute spiel um, journey <laughs> into the magical movies. So, you pretty much, um, you actually walked into a replica of the Chinese Grauman Theater, and um, it transported you through the movies. And so, you had a tour guide who had a 22-minute spiel that talked about different um, it's little animatronics of different scenes through movies and there were some surprises along the way so it was such a fun experience and I made some of the most wonderful friends there while working and um it was just so fun because as a um intern you got to go into the parks for free Mm -hmm. every single day you got major discounts on merchandise and housing and it was just really neat to you know be able to go go to Magic Kingdom before work or, you know, go, go grab dinner at Epcot after you got off work or enjoy your off days at the parks or the water parks or walk around the hotels. So let me ask you this. Do you, how many times do you think you said that spiel? Okay. I think I, I, how many times a day, a shift? I need to calculate it again. So I think you did it maybe at least five to eight times, maybe even more. Oh my God. For 22 minutes. Yes. So they rotate you. So you, there's different positions throughout the ride. So one is the tour guide. The other one is asking how many people are in your party. Um, Another one's standing at the front door, greeting people. The other one is parking strollers. So there's different positions and you, so you got to rest your voice a few times. Yes. So you rotate throughout the day. Um, but yeah, the 22 minutes feel it literally is 22 minutes feel, but, um, you know, so it was fun, but I loved the Disney college program. I highly encourage and recommend anyone to do it. I know it's, um, 
uh, it's reopening um, now. Was, they didn't have it for the past year, but it just, it, it was so fun. I loved my time at Auburn, but I, I have to say my semester, the Disney college program was actually my most Mm-hmm. One time during college, um, just met so many friends that I'm still um, very close with today, and it was such a great introduction to for me to see how working at Disney would be because I was able to actually see how the theme park operates and see all the behind the scenes and secrets and, and learn about that. Um, and then during that time, I I knew. I wanted to stay with Disney and was more looking into the corporate side of things. So I took that time to start networking um, with some of my leaders. And even though, you know, my role was essentially working at a ride, pressing a button and speaking <laughs> into a microphone. I mean, literally at the end of the day, I took that time to start networking with people and learning more about what else Disney has to offer me once I graduated from Auburn. And so that I really got that experience really helped my foot in the door. Um, so, you know, I would say, even if you, you know, you might be working, like I said, pressing a button all day. You never know that that could open up a door to a job in public relations. I love that. So what what was your next step? Yeah, so um, after that, I, I actually was a campus ambassador for the Disney College program at Auburn. So I helped recruit students and set up marketing um, booths around campus on the um, Haley Concourse. Oh, so yeah. that I was still considered a cast member, which is what Disney calls their workers, their employees. So I was still able to go to the parks and, and work work throughout that year and a half. I still had left to school, which was amazing. Um, and then I was ultimately accepted to a Disney professional internship, which is a corporate internship with the company. And I was placed with Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings and Honeymoons in their marketing department, which was just, I absolutely loved. And, and oh my, the dream. Yeah, but it's so funny because before then, I, I mean, I, I loved weddings, but I, I didn't have a Pinterest board of my wedding and, you know, kind of, I, I liked them, but I wasn't obsessed with some other people I knew were. And, you know, I remember going to the interview and I said, I don't know anything about weddings other than being a guest. And, um, my, my future boss said, that doesn't matter. We can teach you about the brand and the product. As long as you know how to do the marketing and the writing and the communications, you know, you can learn anything. And, and so full force in the wedding industry. I learned so much. Um, I saw a lot of, a lot of crazy things, heard a lot of crazy things. Um, so our team supported weddings at Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Hawaii, Vero Beach, Florida. Um, we also supported engagements that happened at any of those properties in honeymoons. So website, social media, internal communications, all that stuff. Um, and it was just, it was just so fun to be still connected to the theme parks and Disney world, but, you know, kind of have that more nine to five office job and, and see the best of both, best of both worlds. So um, I started that role in a professional internship and then eventually that turned into a full-time job, which was just, just so fun, a very small and tiny, but mighty team and really learned so much um, that helped me with my career later. So it was with with them for a while. And then Disney does a lot of temporary assignments where you're a full-time cast member, but you have an end date of your job. So unfortunately, due to budget, there was an end date on, on that job. And I, I knew I wanted to stay with the company and I'd been interviewing with a few different places, but just timing and everything, um, 
I, I, not a lot of people know this, but, um, I actually had a in-between job, um, between the weddings job and my next job. I worked at the magic kingdom at Tom Sawyer's Island and country Bear Jamboree for literally four days. What, what'd you do? I drove the river boats and I did the little country bear jamboree, like, Oh my God. I never knew that. That is awesome. Yeah. So the reason it happened was because I'd been interviewing for this other job that I eventually got. And, um, Disney does a lot of internal movement. And so I knew if I could stay with the company that there would be a a better chance of me getting the job. So Mm -hmm. I, someone told me, you know, you might have to go work in the theme park, which working in theme parks are great. I just had already had that experience and was trying to stay, um, you know, on the corporate side of things. But so I swallowed my pride and I said, all right, I'll go work at Magic Kingdom. And um, it was just, I felt like I was back in the college program again. But so yeah, I, it all worked out. I only had to work there for three days and then I got the call that I got my job. But yeah, those little, little rafts, they are not motorized. That person is actually driving them. You don't have to have a boat license. Not sure why I was selected for that. (laughs) But um, so yeah, I worked at, um, Tom Sawyer's Island for three days. And if you've ever been there, you would be shocked to know that I worked there, but, um, I love it, it all worked out. And then you got your next job. Yeah. So my next job was with, um, Disney's special events marketing. So essentially this team planned and organized the events for the marketing team at Disney World. So if there was a new ride or a new restaurant, new fireworks, new merchandise, anything, a new movie, um, our team would plan the events for that um, promotion or special event. And so it ranged from, you know, small, small social media influencer events of 10 to huge thousands and thousands of people from all over the world that came to Disney to, um, see a new, see a new product or experience. So that was a true event planning job, which I hadn't done before, but I understood the marketing piece of it and what you were trying to sell and the magical experience you were trying to, um, gain from it. So loved that. Um, but I did, I did miss communications and PR when I was in that role. Um, and so, you know, started looking around again. And like I mentioned earlier, Disney really encourages, uh, internal movement and, and mostly horizontal movement, but um, there was an opportunity with Disney Cruise Line. I know, and our my family had sailed a few times before with Disney, so I knew I knew a bit about it, but I didn't know anyone that had ever worked on board. So I started doing some research, and then was um, being interviewed for the guest communications um, manager position. And so eventually, I got the job. It took about eight months for for it to happen. Um, not crazy when I got, I applied and then I think about six at the six month mark, I finally heard back and I had honestly forgotten that I even applied for that job. (laughs) Um, but to me, this was just such an amazing experience. I couldn't turn down. So, um, I worked, my first contract was on the Disney dream, which was based out of Port Canaveral. Um, and it, Started in Port Canaveral and then went to a few places in the Bahamas and then at um, Disney's Castaway Key, which is their private island. So it was it was just a whole uh, I can't even explain it. It was just an experience unlike any other. Um, that ship could have about five thousand guests on board and about fifteen hundred crew members. So pretty big ship. And um, within the fifteen hundred crew members, there were probably less than two hundred of us who were from the U S UK, Australia, you know, 
those, those areas. Um, and the rest of the crew members were from all over the world. And I, I hate to admit this, but there were some crew members I met where I was like, I don't think I know where your country is on the map. I mean, <laughs> tiny, tiny countries. And it was just it's such, I mean, it really was a humbling experience to um, meet some, meet people from all over the world and, you know, who they were on that ship to send every last dime home to their families. And, you know, just, they were just trying to have their families or children have a better life. And this was the way to do it, to be away for months and months. But um, my contract was about four months. And so within that, you literally work nonstop, no days off for four months straight. And um, my role was a bit unique in that it was, you know, a desk job on a cruise ship. So I had my own office. I was rarely guest facing, um, but my job was specifically to manage all of the printed, digital, and um, media communication that was on board the ship. So if you've ever been on a cruise ship, if you got a piece of paper um, that would have been edited and printed by me or an app or the signs on the elevator, you know, the the videos you see all over the ship, that all fell onto my plate. Um, but just, it is so fun. And then um, just, you know, living, you literally live, sleep, work, play, hang out all on that cruise ship. And then you get to go onto the ports for a few hours. That is amazing. So you ended your Disney journey on the cruise ship. I mean, how fun is that? You know, my dream is to finally go on a Disney cruise because I hear for little kids, that's the way that they can see all the characters. So we're going to have to do that um, before little Mills is too old, you know, because I want him to really get to experience it. But I mean, we can share our love for Disney forever. But thank you, Suze, for sharing all that because I think it's so cool how you did different things and you talked about networking. You talked about you didn't exactly know what you wanted to do, but you really liked Disney. And so what would that even look like? A lot of times there's these opportunities that we miss out on because we don't even look into them. And so I really loved that. And I loved how you were able to go from place to place to place and get experiences. I mean, who can say they worked at a cruise ship and who can say they worked on a Disney ride? I mean, that is like the most amazing thing. So all the places you work, all the things you did, what would you say are maybe briefly some of the biggest lessons you've learned working at the happiest place on earth and just some of your biggest takeaways and all of that? Because it's definitely not all that you see when you walk into the park. Right. Yeah, I'd say the the biggest thing is that, um, you know, to be confident and to not be afraid of doing something new. All of those jobs, I I didn't know a single soul when I moved to Orlando. I didn't know anyone on that cruise ship and came away with great friends. And, you know, I think I'll I'll be my stereotypical small town Alabama self, you know, I, I... you wouldn't think someone like me would go on to do all those things. Um, and on paper, on paper, but you know, just have the courage and confidence to do that. And you will make friends and you will find a community in those places. And then, um, you know, also I think being, being kind and positive and smiling really helps a long way, especially when you're trying to persuade someone to help you with a project. Um, yeah, I noticed being, being nice rather than being rude at work, um, helped a lot. And then I think, um, on the flip side of things, you know, I realized a job is a job. And even though, you know, I might be writing about pixie dust and all this, you know, (laughs) a job is a job and you do have Mm -hmm. bad days and sad days. And, you know, there were days on that cruise ship where I was in the Mediterranean and I was missing, missing things back home or a little sad. So, um, I think just, you know, that helps me in the future to learn that 
it doesn't really matter where, what you're doing, you know, you'll have good days sometimes and, and bad days other days. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's totally switch gears. And one of the things that actually I told Susie, this has been one of the most requested topics. And I was like, who will talk about this and talk about this honestly and give the advice because it is 2021. And if you are not on a dating app or online dating or doing something of that sort, you're really missing out. And I think a lot of people are just so intimidated by it, but they know they want to do it. Or they're like, I'm still single. How am I going to meet anyone? Well, if you're not putting yourself out there on this platform, you know, you're not going to be able to. So let's chat a little online dating. Um, I know. So I appreciate you talking about this. So online dating and networking, you know, is the new trend. I mean, I don't even know how long it's been going on. I mean, I think what match.com and plenty of fish and all of those have been there for years and years and years, but it's definitely with dating apps and with new cell phones, it's the new trend and it works for so many people. Um, so you've been on quite a few of them. So we tell us about some of your experiences in this area and maybe why would you recommend to do it? Um, but maybe also like, why do you think people are too afraid to do it? Yeah. So like you said, I think it's, it, it has really evolved, especially over the past few years. And I think before there was a certain stigma to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't meet strangers online and you, you don't talk to people online. And that's why I um, mentioned the pink retreat earlier, because those were strangers online that I was meeting up with, you know. Um, yeah. And so I think it's just taking away that stigma. And what I always tell people is I, I cannot, I, I haven't met. I have not been able to meet people in the wild. Like a man, <laughs> I have, do not know where they are, but I, myself and my, my friends, we, it's hard to meet people in the wild, even Agreed. before the pandemic. Um, I think there's a lot of different, a different social and political reasons behind that, but um, it's just hard to meet people naturally. And I think it's because, you know, most in myself included, we're always on our phones. We're always distracted. Um, and then I think there is some, um, intimidation factors, you know, just going up to someone. But I would say I think people are afraid to use it because because of the stigma. But like you said, it's it's all it's almost the same as Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and, and TikTok. It's 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 just it's very similar. There's just a different outcome to um, what you're wanting to do with those apps. But I, you know, when I was living in Orlando and working with Disney, I just dating really wasn't at the um, top of my mind, and and so. Once, once all of that changed and I just started looking more into some options, cause like I said, wasn't meeting anyone in the wild. And, and I always, I had heard that, you know, no one is going to knock on your front door and say, I'm your husband, I'm your wife, you know, unless you want to marry the UPS or the pizza hut guy, which is great, <laughs> but like, no one is so gonna, true. Yeah. Like no one is going to come knocking on your door. You have same as with a job. Like if you want to, if you want a certain job, you have to start applying for jobs and interviewing and, and putting yourself out there. And so I started looking at, you know, looking at it as, as finding a job. It's, you have to put yourself out there. I mean, I would add the P- UPS man or the pizza hug guy. I'm sure it's fantastic. But like, that's the only per- people that are coming to my front door and not guess what door. they're seeing everyone, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I'll tell you this, like 
One thing I found interesting was, you know, I mean, Josh and I met on Tinder, but I, that's why I wanted Susie to talk about this because she's been on different apps and she'll kind of share that with y'all. I mean, mine was a fluke that I happened to meet Josh that day. And I remember thinking, why didn't I do this before? And I know it was a pride thing. And I think that's why most people, everybody wants to meet someone at church or someone at the mood, you know, wherever. And it's like, okay, cool. You're probably not going to. And like, when people, you know, tell me, they're like, oh, I'm so sad that I still haven't met someone. I want to be like, first, are you on a dating app? And have you tried? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you tried to make the effort? Because so I read this article and it was talking about, and I told you about this, Susie, but I just found it so interesting. I read this article probably like two months before I got Tinder or whatever. And I really didn't know much about them because you have to think about it. Josh and I met, I guess what, five and a half, six years ago. So it was like, people definitely did it, but, um, people also weren't as open about it. People would lie. Y'all, there's a lot of people that lie that say they met at XYZ and they did it. We never lie about it. Okay. Like we could easily say we met at the gym because technically we had known who each other was at the gym, but that's not really what connected us, you know? So anyways, it was talking about dating with the times. I was talking about, okay, years ago, you know, you had to meet someone in person um, because there were no phones and nothing. Then, you know, um, you had to call them on their phone at home and ask them to go on a date. And then, you know, there was AIM where you could chat or email or whatever. And then there was cell phones where you could text and then DMs and this. And now it's dating apps. And it was talking about dating with the times that if you don't date with the times, it is going to be a lot harder to meet someone because that's what the times are doing. Mm -hmm. And I always, I'm like, God, like, how great is it that there's so much more variety of people that you can meet that you don't have to run into or be set up with or be connected with that. There's so many more people out there that you could meet that would be so much of a better fit. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it is a positive, you know, that many people are at your fingertips and, and there are some negatives to it oh, yeah. as well. But, you know, I mean, there's, you might connect with your neighbor that you would have never met or, you know, mm-hmm. someone in the neighbor neighboring town. Um, so I think it's fantastic. And I think we're, you know, majority of people that are on the dating apps are, they're all in the same boat. They're all like, I don't know what I'm doing. What <laughs> talks to me in real life, you know? And there's definitely, you know, different people on it. Some are looking for a relationship. Some are looking to get married tomorrow. Some are looking for simply just a hookup. And and it is hard to navigate through that. But like you said, you know, what is the most what what's the most popular and useful tool to meet people? And it's the dating apps. And um, you know, I just always explain to people that maybe like, well, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, then what else are you doing? And and are you sitting at home by yourself yeah. and sad? And exactly. it's like, you, but at least if you're sad, you're at least putting yourself out there. Right, right. You know? And I think they're they're also useful for you know, like you said, widening your net. And um, I've listened to some some other dating podcasts before, and you know they they refer to it as, as fishing. You know, you're yeah. widening your net. You're, you know, sometimes you're going to get a really great catch and sometimes you're going to get a terrible catch and, and that's just what it is. And, and I think it's great too, when you move to a new city, um, and if you don't really know anyone or you're looking to try new experiences or have new adventures, it's the perfect excuse to do it. And I know in 
in my case, when I um, moved somewhere new, you know, a lot of my friends were married or in serious relationships and they were busy with their own lives. And I didn't want to just sit at home by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started going on dates and, you know, I thought, why, why not, you know, get to know my new place more and um, go to, go to these fun new restaurants and uh, maybe, maybe, you know, start dating someone from it too. So I think it, it really opens the door to, to new things. So one of my best friends, she kept telling me to get on the date. Now she's like, what are you doing? Like, just do it. And for example, one time she went out with this guy and like, he was really nice, but like, he would have like, they just like, weren't compatible to like, for like marriage, but like, she really liked him. So like invited her, invited him into her friend group. And like, they all just became friends. Like it's just a good way to make friends. And then she ended up setting him up with his wife. There you go. Just never know. So yeah. So how long have you been using the online, doing online dating, doing dating apps? And um, how long have you done that? And maybe what are some various ones that you've used or that you recommend? Yeah. So I have been using them for about a little over two years now. Um, and my favorite is Hinge. And um, the nerdy tech side of me says I love their interface and their user experience. <laughs> but I also think they're, um, it just, it's easier to present yourself with the with the prompts and, and the way they have things. I also used Bumble for a while, but I personally hate being having to be super bumbled, the female has to be the first one to start the conversation um, after you both match. And so I just, I, I don't know, I'm so old fashioned and old yeah, me too. You know, waiting for the man to come to my door. So um, I just didn't love having to start the conversation on Bumble. Um, but it, I, it is a good app and I have gone on dates from that one as well as Hinge. Um, I did get on Coffee Meets Bagel for a hot second. Um, I know that's not as popular in the South. So wasn't wasn't a good variety. Um, then I looked into some other, some other smaller ones. I mean, I honestly typed in dating apps in my uh, <laughs> you know, iTunes search and read reviews. And I really think a lot of it depends on where you live and if you're in a smaller or a big city. Um, Because I know some of my friends that live in New York City, they're on the same, but they have kind of their own as well. Um, And But I would say if you're in the Southeast, that Hinge and Bumble um, probably would be the best That's where I hear of most people that have like met their husbands or people that they've dated a while. Yeah. So I think those those are easy. But um, like I said, I know if, if you're in bigger cities, there's some other options as well but um those and then I did trashy tinder which you hear terrible things about but I just Uh, you hear the worst stories from tinder but then you hear a lot of people that got married from tinder yeah no I have too so I think it just all depends on who you match with and you know what we'll get into later like how you present yourself and what pictures you show and kind of how I think how you present yourself is the type of people you will attract um, and that kind of all kind of all depends on your end your end game as well as what you're looking for after you make the match and when you meet with that person, you know, what are you what are you looking for? Are you looking for a relationship or you're just you're looking for a wedding date, you're looking for a one night stand? I mean, you know, I think it all depends on how how you present yourself. So how like I get this question a lot. Like, how much should you chit chat before you actually meet? What is like your do you have like a standard or do you just kind of depends on the person? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't necessarily have a timeline, but I would rather meet sooner than later mm-hmm. and then have a, have a few conversation because I think for a few different reasons, 
you might you might get so wrapped into the idea of someone and think they're yes and you're like oh they're fun to talk to all day every day and then when you meet them in person you're like oh my gosh they're so boring or you know we really don't have anything in common or they they can they can't hold a conversation with a with a person so i would say sooner than later you know maybe like I, in my perfect world, I would be asked on a date within like day three of us connecting and talking. Um, so I do have some friends that they would rather text for weeks and then meet up. I, I personally am like, let's just meet because you may be, we may not connect in real life or, and I don't want to waste my time talking to someone. Um, you know, when, when you mean you're like, Oh no, or some people, you know, the cat, the whole catfish thing, they may not really look the way they look. They may not act the way they act in text or on their profile. So I would rather find out those things sooner than later. And especially if it's a good connection, I'd rather make a good connection with someone sooner than just text them. (laughs) Okay. So you talked about the catfish thing because I think that that's when they, real quick, we could talk about. So like, um, do you, have you like met a few people that you're like, they're not really what I expected. And like, do you just like kind of move on or what are ways that maybe you keep it safe? Do you make sure you like you meet, like drive your own car or what are kind of some of those things? Cause that's like one thing people always tell me, they're like, I'm just not comfortable. And I'm like, but are you making yourself where you can be safe? Totally. And I, I mean, that's it. That was a huge Thing for me um, in the beginning and, and with every date that I go on, you know, I would say for safety reasons, um, first, I mean, you can kind of tell when you're looking at someone's profile, yeah. like there's something a little off, but sometimes, sometimes you can. And, and I fortunately have never been completely catfished. Um, <laughs> I, I have friends that have been, um, and you know, they're just shocked and, and confused, but, um, you know, some people are very tricky and, and they like doing that, which is terrible. Oh. Um, but I would say for, for safety reasons, you know, first you just want to, I, I like to do a little research on them once a date is set just to make sure. And it's, it sounds like it's stalking. It sounds like it's creepy, but it's, it's not. not, it's just to make sure that the person is who they say they are. And I think just, you know, checking their social media and I know some men don't have social media or they don't really use it as often, but I think just maybe, I mean, it sounds so crazy, but like Googling them or just to make sure that you can at least find one confirmation that they say who they said they are, or if they're from your area and you know, they work yes. at a company, you can ask some of your friends, maybe that work for that company or went to the high school they mentioned they were from, you know, and it's, I think it's just a safety check. Um, and I would hope that men, the men I go on dates with did, did the same thing for me as well to make sure I'm, I'm who I say I am. Um, so I think one, making sure that and seeing if you see any red flags or any, any weird things going on. Um, and then also I use the, um, find my friends app, which is just to have a few friends that can see your location at all times. Um, so I think maybe if you have at least, you know, one person on there, um, first tell someone that you're going on a date, just especially the very first date, just so they know where you are um, and they can check in on you after. And then, you know, it's someone fun to talk to about the date as well. But from a safety point of view, just so they know, you know, okay, well, if I don't hear by her from 10, like there's something wrong or just a quick little text in the bathroom, you know, that's, those are some of my favorite texts to send and receive from my friends that it's like, <laughs> I'm running to the bathroom, like date's going good, great. Or I'm like, this is terrible. You know? <laughs> so I think just having at least one person, um, to check in on you, um, you know, to make sure it's fun, but also just make sure that you're doing okay. And that to definitely let them know you made it home. 
But I would also recommend going to a public place. I would never let them come over to your house the first time or for you to, for them to pick you up. Um, you know, now this is strictly meeting someone off a dating app. It'd be a little different if, if it was a mutual friend or a connection, but I would say meeting a so-called complete stranger, um, definitely meet in a public spot, um, you know, a restaurant or a bar and just kind of take, just kind of take notes of your surroundings. I mean, most people are, are not going to, you know, do something weird, but you just really never know. Um, and there are some really sad and scary stories from that. So just, just kind of having a gut check and, you know, seeing, seeing how you feel in that. And it is, it is scary, but like I said, I would just tell at least one friend, maybe share your location with them and then share with them the details so they can just check on you throughout the night. Yeah. And I agree. And like, this is one thing, like I've told some of my friends too, is like, how is this really any different than if I were to meet a guy at a bar or at a tailgate or somewhere, you're still going to check out that person before you meet with them. You're still going to ask people about them. You're still probably going to Google them. And now that we have social media. So to be honest, you can kind of vet someone a lot quicker than you normally would have if you were just to meet them in public and talk to them for two hours because you don't know anything about them. And so I really like that. Well, I know you talked about some recommendations, but do you have any other recommendations for maybe someone that's listening to this that they're like, okay, this is what I needed to hear to try this for the first time and just put myself out there, swallow my pride and go for it. Or maybe somebody that's done it for a while, but they're like, okay, I haven't had any success. Maybe I need to try a new app or what do I need to do? So what are maybe some recommendations and tips that you have? Yeah, I would say that being on the dating apps is kind of, it's like a game. And, um, you know, it's honestly similar to sorority recruitment in a way, you know, you're, you're meeting different people and, and you're deciding is, are they a good fit? And it's all about presentation. And, you know, I hate to say that, um, you know, looks are everything and, and they are definitely not, but for the first, you know, when, when, the person comes up on your dating app, it is that first picture and maybe kind of a little blurb about you and the, your presentation does matter. So, you know, I would just take a look, like take another look at the pictures you're showing. Um, you know, I, a lot of people will have a close headshot or, you know, a cropped picture of just their face. They'll have, um, you know, maybe a far away one that shows their full body kind of shows like they really are as tall or as short as they say. Um, and then I like to include one, that's a conversation starter. So if you love Auburn, you know, do one of you at the Auburn football game. If you love Disney, you at Disney. Um, if you're, you know, if you're really into hiking, throw that one out there. That one is not on my thing, but, um, you know, <laughs> just kind of different that showcase your personality. Um, I think people think they have to have that, you know, stereotypical, like, Oh, here's me looking cute with a glass of wine. Like, no, it can just be, you know, a cute picture of you. Or I think the men equivalent is holding they want normal. Out. Just yeah. like we want normal. Yeah, exactly. And so, like I said earlier, I think you, you know, present what you want to attract. If you're, you know, looking for kind of just maybe a, a fun little night out, like a little hookup, then you probably want a bit more revealing photos on there. <laughs> I, I, that is not what I'm looking for, but I think it kind of shows, you know, um, me, you know, underlying message of what, you know, what you're looking for and what, what you are. But I'd say just to, you know, think, look through those pictures. And then, you know, you know, if you have in your prompts, which is little questions or facts you can put about you, like I said, set it up to have talking points where people can actually talk about those things. Not just like, Oh, I love ice cream and the beach. Okay. Well, why don't you put like, um, you know, 
I've, this certain beach is my favorite and I love this restaurant or, you know, I absolutely hate this extremely popular version of ice cream. And, you know, people can kind of like jump onto that. Um, I think a lot of people put like TV shows and stuff. I think that's way saturated though. But I think if you put more specific, um, it gives people something to connect with you about and talk to you about. Um, and so I think that's, that's a good start. And then, you know, I think another thing is to take a step back and, and look at your profile and think, am I giving off any red flags? Do mm. I look like I'm fake? Yes. Do I, am I saying something, but not showing it in a picture or vice versa? You know, mm. sometimes people will have pictures with little children. And whenever I see a picture of a child on a profile, I immediately assume that that man has a child. And so sometimes you'll see people will be like, child is my nephew or child is my niece. Yes. Like, yes. Like, and it's fine to, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people on dating apps with children, with children as well, which is fine. I just would make sure that you Specify. are not, Yes. And you know, any other, like I said, any other red flags, if all your pictures are drinking, I'm going to assume you are, you, your personality trait is to drink, which is a turn off for me. So I think just looking at what, try to think of like, what are you giving off? And do you have any red flags? And, um, I think that's the biggest part. And don't be afraid to ask your friends, like, do I look better in this picture? Or like, do, do I look like this? I've noticed a lot of men don't even look like all their pictures do not even look like the same. Yes. I'm, I'm like, I don't know which one you really look like. Um, so asking for help is a good, good thing. And then, um, you know, you can set your preferences on it, your location, your age, um, you know, other, other special, other items you're looking to seek. So I would say, take a look at those, um, and expand them, you know, don't say, Oh, I would never date someone this much older, this much younger than me. You know, I, I would kind of give, put what your ideal and then put a buffer on the end. And, the um, you know, if your ideal age is 30, I probably would go down a few and go up a little bit too, because, you know, your perfect man could be 32. You just don't know, you know, um, what you think life is going to be. It's typically not exactly have to be flexible. I think that's why people don't meet people because they're not going to use dating apps. They're not going to go do this. They're not going to fish out. And then I think the location thing is huge. I think so people are in small towns and they're like, how can I, how come I haven't met anyone? Well, if you expand your location, you might meet your dream guy. That's an hour and a half away that you would have never connected with. Right. And you can actually pinpoint. So when you put your location, you can actually move it wherever you want. So technically I could be in Alabama and put my location in, in Tennessee if I really wanted to. But I think what, what I found helpful is that maybe you've had it in say your exact neighborhood and um, you know, you haven't had good luck. Well then move it to like the North of the city. And then you get all those people that are expanded above there. Or, you know, if you live in live in between cities, put it closer to one city versus the other, or maybe put it closer to Atlanta. That's a bigger, you know, a bigger pond. So uh, you're able to move those around, um, without, without lying, you know, I mean, you can put your location in Northern Birmingham, but really live in South Birmingham. That's totally fine. But I think Mm -hmm. that opens more doors for you as well. Um, and so those are, you know, the, the backend logistics of things that you can change and do. Um, but I think those are really, really help you in the long way. I think another thing that women, I think women tend to think, okay, I've made a connection. I've, I've matched with one man. I can't match with any others. Well, from what I've heard from men, they are a swipe and ride on literally every, every person 
with a heartbeat, pretty much that shows up on that app. I have, I learned that, that they're literally clicking yes to almost everyone. So I would say just, you know, have an open mind and, you know, especially when you first get on it, just to say yes to anyone that you might be interested in. Of course, say no to the no, say you're like, absolutely not. But, you know, don't, don't minimize your options. Um, you know, widen the net. Once again, to the fishing metaphor, just widen the net. And, you know, I would say don't be afraid to message first if you have not received a message yet. Like I said earlier, I'm so old school and I like the guy to message first. But if there's someone you match with and you're like, I really want to talk to them, just shoot them a message. And and the conversation, that's a hard, a hard piece to recommend. Um, you know, because it, it just depends on personalities and, and what you what you're looking for. But I would say my my biggest piece is, you know, are you talking to someone on the dating app on that first conversation as you would in real life? Because I think some people try to be really purposely funny and it's annoying. Pity. Yeah. And I'm like, I know you're not like that in person. I've even had some friends that tell me what they say on their opening line. And I'm thinking you would never say that in real life, you know? So mm-hmm. I try to look at it as how would I act in real life? Like I'd never go up to a random man in real life and be like, so what's your favorite quote from this movie? You know, I mean, out of nowhere. So I try to just, you know, I know it can be boring sometimes, but I, I look at it more. How would you talk in real life? And, you know, would you say those things um, in that chat that you would in real life? I would also say if you are not having success with your pool. Some of the apps provide payments um, that can have a plus plus membership. And so I really would recommend, it sounds so, it sounds so silly and it kind of, some people might say it sounds pathetic, but I would pay the premiums on the dating apps, especially Hinge. I've started reading more and more articles that um, because these apps are so successful and they are mostly free that, um, they're now starting to block your potential true matches. Um, cause they're trying to make a buck, which I get it, but I really would recommend paying for it. And even if you, some of them are only monthly, weekly, you can always get out of it, set a reminder on your phone to cancel your subscription when it ends. But I think it really helps. Um, cause I think a few years ago, the person you really could make a connection with was provided to you for free, but now it's all pay for play pretty much. And so I really would recommend paying for it. You don't have to tell anyone if you're embarrassed by that, but I know that Bumble has a, a, a promotion where you can pay to see everyone who's ever liked you. And I actually did pay for that for a time being because I didn't have to, you know, waste my time. I could just see all of the matches that wanted to match with me and I could knock them all out and know, okay, yes, I got some good yeah, prospects. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, and th- that was relatively cheap. I mean, compared to, you know, buying a Starbucks every day or, you know, paying for Spotify premium. I mean, if, if you're serious about dating, I would definitely invest in the um, charge to do the premium accounts. I think that's great advice. See, I would have never known to tell someone about the premium, but like that really stinks that you could miss out on a lot of the great people, you know, cause yeah. The, the good people, but I love that. I mean, there's so many different dating apps. You know, as we were talking, I was thinking, I was like, Christian Mingle, eHarmony. And then like, there's those ones, like you talked about, like in North, New York City, there's ones where you make, have to make a certain income. I mean, there's right. so many ways for you to meet people. And so I appreciate you, Susie, breaking it down because I know that this is going to encourage so many people either to take that leap of faith or to get back in the game or to encourage their friends to be a part of this and listen and put themselves out there and do something different and, you know, meet people because it is really hard to meet people and it's hard to find your husband or your wife or whoever. And 
if that's the desire of your heart, wouldn't you want to do everything possible? So many people miss out on meeting people because they can't get over the fairy tale in their head. Mm -hmm. They can't get over the fact that they want to run into somebody in their small group at church, or they want to be match made by somebody or meet somebody through a friend or do this. And like, that's just not reality. We would all love to have this like love story where you just like, Oh, you know, it's just sweet and nice, but like, that's just not reality. And if you can get over that reality, you can have a fabulous husband. I love my husband and I'm thankful for Tinder. So, and like my brother met his future wife on Tinder. I mean, Josh's sister met her husband on Tinder. I mean, we're just a Tinder family. We didn't even like realize that, but like, that's just how people are meeting. Most people just don't admit it. So I would say for big picture takeaways for the dating app that you just have to remember, you are not marrying this person tomorrow. Um, Nothing hurts just going on a date. Yes. You don't like that date. Don't go on another one. You know, just, just keep putting yourself out there. You're not committing to anyone. You're not marrying anyone just because you say yes to a date and they may not even like you either. Um, and with that being said, you know, I have been on some terrible dates. Um, I've been ghosted. I've been left on red, so to say, and, and, and it just happens. And I think, you know, I, I believe God has a plan and I'll meet my right person when I'm supposed to. And I think those were doors being closed on purpose, but I would just not put a lot of pressure on yourself. And, um, you know, if, if, if you're a Christian, just believe that you're going to meet the right person when you're supposed to. And why not use the dating app as maybe that's the path you're supposed to be on and, you know, being born raised in the South. I feel like a lot of people get married young. And so just remember it's this, they're supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be meeting new people, having new experiences. So don't feel that you have to, you know, the first person you go on a date with, it could be your husband like Tori, but you know, sometimes it's not. And I think one of the biggest things, you know, I want to share that I was told is that there actually is a 99% um, fail rate on dates because if you essentially only, you know, if you're looking to only get married once, then only one of those dates is going to work out good. There's all the other ones are not going to. And so um, that's kind of what I always have in the back of my mind when I go on, on, on new dates that, you know, really only one person is supposed to work out. So if that one didn't, no worries. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll try again. So good luck I, to on that. Yes, I agree with that. You know, my mom used to always say people would be like, I don't want to go with him to homecoming or I don't want to go to that. My mom was like 99%, like it's three hours of your life. It's two hours of your life. Or like people would be like, Oh, uh, I don't know if I should go out with him. 99% of the time it's not going to work out. So you may as well go. And you got to get, you got to get through there and you never know if it's going to be your first date or your 7,000th date. It's worth it in the end because I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm just dating for marriage. Guess what? We all are dating for marriage, but it doesn't mean like we won't go on many of them. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I go on a date with him, I've got to marry him. Well, guess what? You're probably not gonna. Exactly. And and I think it helps you also realize I through through going on dates with different people, I've realized what I want and what I absolutely don't want. And um, I think your priorities change as you get older as well and as things happen in your life and in different experiences. But yeah, you're not you're not marrying them and they're certainly not marrying you. Um, and tomorrow I'm sure I'm sure most men don't even think about any of the things we've talked about yeah. here. But um, you know, so just just don't put pressure on yourself, enjoy it and you know, if 
if there's an opportunity, I, I say take it and, and just have fun. And, and the, wor- the worst case can happen is you can laugh about it with your friends after. It can get real funny. I love it. Thank you, Susie, so much for sharing. And I know this is going to help so many people. So let's have some fun to wrap this thing up a little bit. So tell us three of your current favorites, must-haves, recommendations that all the people need to know about. Yes. Yeah, so my first one has been an oldie but a goodie. It's hairspray. It's hairspray. Okay. I know I've got to up my hairspray game. I've been so bad about it. Okay. The reason I say that is because I've gone on a few bachelorettes and little girl and girls trips lately. And people keep complaining about their hair falling from curls. And I'm like, Oh, well, well, weren't you using hairspray? And, And they usually say no. I'm like, I'm sorry. Well, that that's probably why your hair is falling because no curling iron is so amazing. That's going to hold your hair for hours. Like <laughs> hairspray. So I don't know if people think that's like an old lady thing. I don't know, but I'm just promoting hairspray because people always ask me, Oh, your hair looks so good. How does it stay curly? I'm like, uh, it's hairspray. Like it's a entire bottle of hairspray. So environmental people don't come at me, but like you, my hair would light on fire, but it is, it's hairspray. Wait, so so what's your I, favorite? I don't know. I'm I'm cheap. I I don't have a favorite brand. I'm just I just use like Tresme or something. I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah. care. It's not. But anyways, I'm like recently promoting hairspray because I think people have forgotten you. Like your hair literally will not hold curls unless you. The best it. musical hairspray. hairspray. Yeah, I love that musical. One day again. My second, my second favorite is Gibson's Barbecue, which is in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm obsessed with barbecue. Oh my gosh. So I just need, um, I think I could eat barbecue all the time. So, okay. You and Josh, like I told Josh that that I was like, you and Susie could like, if y'all were ever married, y'all would just eat barbecue every single day. I was like, y'all just say, I love barbecue, but like y'all love some barbecue. Okay. I've never been to Gibson's Barbecue. Next time I go on a work trip, I'm going to have to try it out. They have wonderful hush puppies and you know I love hush puppies. And we need to tell them about this. Hide the hush puppy. Okay. Y'all. So we actually, Will Gibson, actually that's weird. Gibson's Barbecue. Okay. Weird. Will Gibson, who was on Talk with Tori um, a few weeks ago, he, one of his recommendations was the back porch, um, charbroiled, shrimp and hush puppies and y'all we were like oh yes and it was so random because his episode aired that week and I was like oh my gosh like that's what we're getting to eat well y'all they didn't have takeout so we couldn't end up going but y'all we were all so into these hush puppies and we didn't know like okay does it come with the hush puppies so some of us decided to order hush puppies and we kept being like okay hashtag hide the hush puppies because we want these hush puppies then y'all we had to order from this other place and Susie's meal came with hush puppies, y'all. And she shared them with the other two. She was like, hide the hush puppies. <laughs> That's what made me think of kids. It's so good. And I love barbecue white sauce. I'll have to ask the best opinion on that. Um, my third current favorite is actually Jazzercise. Ooh. Um, I think there's a there's like an old lady theme to my questions, but um my answers, but I Recently, I've been into jazzercise this past year, and um, one of my friends introduced me to it because I used to I used to love doing Zumba. Um, I love cardio based workouts and which I love, but I just noticed Zumba. I was having a great time, but it just wasn't really helping me lose weight or tone up. And so my friend introduced me to jazzercise, which you know is pretty much the original Zumba, the original dance um, dance cardio workout. And but they've modernized it so you do 
dancing for a little bit and then you do strength training and abs. So they don't have any of those fun little movements that you kind of think of when you hear of jazzercise. But um, I would say if you like, if you really enjoy Zumba or cardio base to look into jazzercise um, and it is, it is so fun and they have different times and you know, you can do a 10 minute workout, you know, 50 minute workout, you can do an online app or you can do an in-person class, but I've been loving it lately. And, and um, it's been really fun because you you're, you're dancing and working out. So do you do it at home or do you go to a class? I've been doing it at home this past year. They have an app, um, which I've really enjoyed. There's not very many um, where I am now of in-person classes. I think I would love jazzercise. I have the rhythm of no one, but I would just still smile and get into it. You know, in my second life, I want to be a group fitness instructor. Oh, you would crush being a jazzercise. I don't have the moves, but I feel like I got the pump After up. the baby, I think that could be your Yeah, I know. And I know I'm feeling it. Thank you so much, Susie, for taking the time to share your heart, share your advice, your wisdom, all about the Disney and the dating apps. And I know this is going to encourage so many people to not only book a trip to Disney, but also to put themselves out there and do something new and also get creative. Maybe the app that they're on isn't working. So try another one, get that premium. Um, step it up a little bit and look at the type. I loved how you talked about your profile. That is like, I never thought about that. Like, would I date me or like, yeah. am I coming across to this or that? Or like when you're in a conversation, like, are you going to actually, is that how you would introduce yourself to someone? Like, that is so true. We want to find normal people, but we got to be normal. So I appreciate it, Susie. Um, you're always one of my faves and I just love you. And um, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. If our episode today touched you, inspired you, or brought you some good laughs, we would be honored if you subscribed to the Talk With Tori podcast and left us a quick review. This will give others who are scrolling through the podcast apps the ability to find us. Please share this with all the people in your life so more friends can hear our stories. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope this episode brought you joy, love, and spice.